What is up, divers? Welcome into the Deep Dive Fantasy Football Podcast, where I take a deep analytical look at fantasy football and combine it with a common sense approach to lead us to some titles. I'm your host, Brandon Gabor, and before we get started, remember you can follow me on my main platform, being Twitter at Deep Dive FF or on Instagram at Deep Dive Fantasy Football. Also, if you are looking for more Dynasty content from me, join me and the Rewind team at Dynasty Rewind on YouTube and wherever you enjoy your podcasts where we dive deep into all things Dynasty Fantasy Football. With that being said, let's get to the content. What's up, divers? Welcome into another episode of Deep Dive Fantasy Football. Today, we are going over the Kansas City Chiefs. And after this, we just have the Houston Texans left. The Saints and Cardinals are just going to sit there on kind of a standby status. I will be projecting. I actually already have Derek Carr and Chris Olave projected for the Saints. I'm not really going to be able to finish the rest of the team at the moment because I'm waiting on Alvin Kamara news to see how long he's getting suspended. But, you know, we, we, we're going through the Chiefs, got the Texans coming up, and then same kind of thing with that I'm doing for the Saints, I'm going to be doing for the Cardinals. I'm going to be projecting Marquise Brown and possibly James Conner, and then that's it. I'm going to wait. Everything else is going to be dependent on, you know, who's playing at quarterback and for how long between Kyler or the backups that they have there. And additionally, you got to remember the Chris Olave and the Marquise Brown projections that you see. Um, same thing with the Derek Carr and James Conner projections. Those are all going to be preliminary, so they're a lot less. They have a lot less confidence in them than the rest, just because there are certain things that may happen, variables that may change those projections, in a somewhat significant way. Not anything crazy, but a somewhat significant way. With that said, we're going to get into the Chiefs, and there's a lot of movement, but overall, to basically say the Chiefs are the same team. Um, they lost. Looking at the offensive line, they lost three, two guys, and they added three, so they lost offensive tackle. Orlando Brown for a big four-year deal, and they added Jawan Taylor, an offensive tackle, for a big four-year deal, so we can flush that. They lost offensive tackle Andrew Wiley for a mediocre three-year deal, and then they added offensive tackle Wanya Morris in the third round and Donovan Smith on a one-year deal to try and fill that hole from Andrew Andrew Wiley. So overall, offensive line's kind of the same. Skill positions, they lost wide receiver Juju Smith-Schuster, lost wide receiver Miko Hardman, and added wide receiver Rasheed Rice in the second round. A little bit of a downtick there at wide receiver. But overall, they're kind of working with the same type of room. Also with Kadarius coming, hopefully, hopefully he'll be healthy for the season. We have yet to see that. We never saw it in college, didn't see it in the NFL yet two years in. So you know, maybe we'll get lucky. Maybe he will be fully healthy and he can, you know, be an upgrade in that room. Otherwise, that room is going to be, you know, kind of what they were last year. And then on the defensive side of the ball, they lost defensive end Frank Clark. They lost safety Juan Thornhill. And then they added defensive end Felix Uzama in the first round. On the coaching side of things, they lost offensive coordinator Eric Bienmi, And that's pretty much it. So looking at the Chiefs, luckily they are actually a pretty easy projection to make. In 2022, they had 1,068 plays, 59 touchdowns. They passed the ball 61% of the time. In 2021, they had 53 touchdowns, 1,106 plays. So last year, 1,068. 2021, 1,106. And then they had 59 touchdowns and 53. Both years, 
both of the past two years passed the ball 61% of the time. One year, 651 passes, the other 675. So when we're looking at this team, I mean, it's pretty much the same. And even looking at their touchdowns, 41 passing touchdowns, 37 passing touchdowns. Rushing, 18 rushing, 16 rushing. So they're a very consistent team, and we have not had any big changes to suggest otherwise. So some of the projections that I am the most confident in include Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. Now, the other guys have a lot of things going on that could change their projections, um, and I could be very spot on or very, very wrong, very, very off on the other guys on the team. But for Mahomes and Kelsey, they are sure things. You can be 100% confident in them. Kelsey is not hitting his drop off this year. It's not going to happen this year. So we have not seen any indicators of that. It would be extremely surprising if he just dropped off out of nowhere. So like I said, while some things have changed, the Chiefs' philosophy has not. This is the Chiefs in a nutshell. Pass a lot, score a lot, run a lot of plays. Plain and simple. And that's what I'm projecting for them. At 1,080 plays, basically between the last two years, the same 61% pass rate, 39% run rate, 658 passes they had 651 last year 422 runs they had 417 runs last year and 58 touchdowns one touchdown less than last year that's going to come out to 39 passing and 19 rushing touchdowns for me now let's get into Mahomes like I said very easy projection very consistent in all facets of the game he rushes for about 350 yards and between two and four touchdowns I'm giving him 350 yards and three touchdowns in terms of passing every single year of his career he's either 66 or 67 percent completion i'm giving him 66.5 he passes around 12 yards per reception every year i'm giving him 12.2 i think he might get a slight a slight bit better than last year just from getting smarter and smarter you know as he develops his brain the most important thing for the position he's getting smarter and smarter learning more and more plus another year without tyreek and all the other guys that are there that were new last year being there for another year, just a little bit more consistent. Last year, there was a lot more changes to the Chiefs offense, which is why a lot of us thought the Chiefs offense was not going to be among the best in the league. A lot of people thought that Tyreek Hill departing was going to be felt a lot bigger than it was. And they just kept chugging along. So, you know, he's got another year with all these guys and with Tyreek absent. And he's getting a little older in a, in a good way, not old but just more matured and experienced, I should say. So I think he can get a little bit better. I'm just giving him a slight bump with 12.2 yards per reception. His touchdown rate is always around 6%. That's what I'm projecting. Really, outside of Mahomes' like first, like um, his come out year where he had like 50-something touchdowns, since then he's been extremely consistent. It's going to bring him to 675 passes, 449 Completions, 5,476 passing yards, 39 passing touchdowns, 60 carries for 350 yards and three touchdowns. It's 25 points per game. He is my quarterback three. He is my quarterback three. But but don't get all crazy because actually there is literally one fantasy point projected difference between him and Jalen Hurts, who I have at two, and one fantasy point projection difference between Jalen Hurts and Josh Allen, who I have at one. So I have Josh Allen at one, right? Then Hurts, then Mahomes. They are all literally one point away from each other, and we're talking about they're in the 300s, 400s. So one point is like 0.25% of their total. So it's 
literally no difference between these guys. And you could take them in any order you want. Don't care. It doesn't bother me at all. Those are the locked in top three, though. Um, and if everything goes well, unless like Lamar or Fields or Herbert, I don't think Burrow will, but he could actually. Yeah, he could. He could have like a 50 touchdown season. So Burrow too. If Unless one of those four hit like an outlier, best year of their career type numbers, these are going to be your locked in top three because I don't see them really having a bad year other than injuries, of course, and or like other people around them getting injured. But if all is equal, I would say we're pretty locked in with this top three. And so because of that, you can feel safe when you make a pick at one of these quarterbacks. Now, I generally prefer to wait on quarterback. You guys know that about me. But if you want to take one of the guys, then I would just take the last one of the three. The last one of the three that you can get the latest, which tends to be Josh Allen, which is actually my number one. So, And he was actually, points per game, the number one out of the three of them last year. But with that said, I would like to give you a suggestion for these three quarterbacks because you you may have your your favorite of the three right and I just told you for me I'm pretty much even on all of them so I wanted to find a tiebreaker well if you're playing fantasy football your goal is to win the the playoffs right so let's look at the fantasy playoff schedule for these three quarterbacks and look at the opponents that they are playing when you do that this is my order Jalen Hurts Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes has the hardest schedule of the three guys when it comes to the fantasy playoffs. Mahomes has to play Cincy in the finals. And if there's one team that has the Chiefs number, it is the Bengals. The Bengals have played the Chiefs and kept them low scoring pretty much every time that they've played. And they beat Cincy a lot. They're, or I mean, sorry, Cincy beats Kansas City a lot. And because of that, we have to, you know, find those those tiebreakers because these guys are all right next to each other. And we have to take that into account and say, man, maybe if I have to pick between Hertz, Allen, and Mahomes, Mahomes will be my last choice because who he has in the finals. And let me I'll just give you the other two. So this is why Jalen Hurts is number one for me, right? Because Mahomes has the Bengals in the finals, who always hold down that offense. And then Josh Allen has the Patriots. The Patriots always have a good defense. Not really a great matchup either. Especially if it's, you know, Patriots and Bills. Both are stadiums that are not great in cold weather either. So we'll be in the colder part of the football season in fantasy playoffs. So that's not great. And then Jalen Hurts has Arizona. (laughs) Jalen Hurts has the Cardinals. He has a Pretty tough schedule through the year, but his fantasy playoff, like the fantasy final for the Eagles is against Arizona. So that is beautiful. That separates Jalen Hurts from the other two for me. So Hurts will be my number one if I'm actually picking. In terms of projections and stats, it's Josh Allen. But in terms of who I would actually take, because they're in the same tier, I would take Jalen Hurts first. Now, let's talk about Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey, over the last two years, very consistent, 23.5% of the targets. Tyreek Hill leaving did not even affect his target share at all, at all. Um, so I'm going to give him the same share. I'm giving him that 23.5 number. It's going to give him 155 targets. He's been very consistent efficiency-wise, and that won't change. I was telling you, Kelsey Mahomes, they are butter projections. They are so easy to make. They are so consistent, so reliable. 
They don't miss time often. Like it is just, hopefully I didn't just jinx them. I'll knock on some wood. Um, but they are just, it, it's what's so comforting about them in terms of fantasy. And so that's why I love Kelsey. Kelsey's a great value in the first round. He's been very consistent, like I said, in all facets, even just playing out efficiency, not just what he's producing, but his efficiency as well. 71% catch rate, 12.2 yards per reception, pretty much in line with Patrick Mahomes' 12.2 yards per completion. And he's got 8.6 yards per target, or that's what I'm giving him in my projection. Last year, he had 8.8 yards per target. Touchdown is the only thing, that category is the only thing that changes for Kelsey. The last four years, he went from down at five touchdowns to up on a high at 11, then down a little bit to nine, and then up to an even higher high at 12. So he went five, 11, nine, 12. So that was the touchdowns. I tried to give you some differing volume there so you could you know, better visualize that that graph that I was trying to put, that visual graph in your head. But I'm going to give him 11 touchdowns. And I don't really think that he's just going to like follow this random up and down pattern. I think it's just a coincidence. Over the last four years, I'm giving him 11. He got 12 um, last year, and he was the go-to with a bunch of rural wide receivers. There was nobody like Tyreek Hill. There was nobody that was just, hey, if it's not Kelsey, who's next? There was not that person. And that's not going to be, unless Kadarius just finally can stay healthy and be what I know him to be when he's on the field healthy. Unless that happens, then it's going to be the same thing as last year. It's going to be Kelsey and then whatever random person is like the next read from play to play, but there's not going to be like a clear guy to go to after Kelsey. So that's, and that's the biggest, you know, wild card in this offense. It's Kadarius. It's his health. And if he's healthy, this offense could take off to a new height and if he's not then it'll be very very good still maybe probably the best offense in the league just not to its full potential so it'll be interesting to watch I'm very excited Um, doing these projections has me super excited for the season to come and to see how my projections turn out you know what positions I was the best at projecting what offenses I was the best at projecting um, and just you know be able to, to to really break it down and get better every single year. So with that said, Travis Kelsey, I'm giving him all that he's seen over his career consistency wise. And then I'm giving him 11 touchdowns. Cause like we said, that's the only non-consistent part of his game. It's 155 targets, 110 receptions, 1,339 yards and 11 touchdowns. That brings our boy Kelsey to 18.2 points per game. If he was a wide receiver, he would be my wide receiver nine. If he was a running back, he would be my running back seven or sorry, running back five with 18.2 points per game. He is a beast. Where he's being drafted right now is basically like as if he was a wide receiver almost. I mean, he's being drafted in almost the back end of the first, like middle to back end of the first. That's an amazing value. And yes, I love Andrews at the 2-3 turn. Yes, I love Waller at the 5-6 turn. But there's a difference. Kelsey has not missed a game. Kelsey is a beast. Andrews is a beast, but he misses time. Darren Waller is a beast, but he misses time. Mark Andrews is in the Ravens offense, which is good, but it's not the Chiefs. And Darren Waller's in the Giants offense, which is okay. He's the top target, but it's okay. So when you're looking at these these three tight ends, my top three tight ends, Travis, Kelsey, Mark Andrews, Darren Waller, in that order, 
Darren Waller is, if you've already forgotten, my tight end three, and it's by a wide margin. He's in his own tier. It's not close for me. Then you've got to basically get one of them. I mean, I'm coming out of every draft with one of the three, and if I don't, I am waiting so long to get a tight end. All the way till the 11, 12, like between 10 and 14 rounds. That's where I'll be getting my tight end if I don't get one of the top three. I'm not taking the guys like Goddard, Hawkinson, Fryermuth in the middle rounds. Like, I, I don't have anything against them. They are my next ranked tight ends. I just don't see the value in taking them there when I can get somebody just as similar with just as much potential in a Dulcich, in a Kincaid, in a, well, not anymore Okonkwo because of Hopkins. But you catch my drift, right? So with that said, Travis Kelsey absolute beast he's a tight end one he's in his own tier and he is worth the 101 he is a can't miss cannot miss first round pick aside from injury which that's the case for every player other than injury you cannot miss on Travis Kelsey he is not going to have the drop off this year with Kelsey as your tight end you are expected to outscore the opponent's tight end by 6.2 points per game on average That means you put Kelsey in your lineup and you are already six points ahead of your opponent. It's ridiculous. Travis Kelsey is a beast. You just don't don't overthink it. If you're if you're in the first round and you feel iffy and Kelsey's there, just take Kelsey. Trust me, just take Kelsey. He is one of the most commonly seen fantasy players on championship rosters every single year. Isaiah Pacheco, 322 carries are available for the running backs after we take away Patrick Mahomes' 60 carries and give 40 carries to the extra gimmicky wide receiver stuff that they got going on. From week 10 and on, if we look at it, that's when Clyde was out, and that's also when Isaiah Pacheco really ramped up. From week 10 and on, Isaiah Pacheco got about 74% of the carries to the running back position. He had 14 carries per game. Jarek McKinnon basically got the rest of it. Jarek McKinnon is back. He got re-signed. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is back to healthy. So both of those guys being there is going to hurt Pacheco's share a little bit. 74% is for the elite of the elite, and that is not Pacheco. That is a number in terms of running back share where you've got to be the best of the best, and Pacheco is not. It was a result of Clyde being hurt and McKinnon not really being somebody they want to give carries to, and they're not really being anybody else in the room. So which is funny because they actually had Melvin Gordon. So people that are worried about Melvin Gordon signing, guys, relax. He's he's not going to hurt nobody in fantasy. So with that said, not signing with the Chiefs, obviously. He already signed with a different team. It's just escaping my mind. I think it was, oh, I'm not even going to guess. But whatever team Melvin Gordon signed with, I know people were freaking out. I dismissed it so much to the point where I don't even remember what team it was that he signed with. But anyways, from... Week 10 and on, you got 74% of the carries. That was 14 per game, right? We've got these guys coming back. Pacheco's share is going to get hurt. I have them dropping from 74% of the running back carries down to 60, and I'm giving 30% of the, the carries out of the 40 that are remaining to Clyde, the other 10% to McKinnon. It's going to be 193 carries for Isaiah Pacheco. Now, he had 5.03 yards per carry last year. I'm giving him 5.1. He's, he's a good guy who's going to be efficient. It's And honestly, he's just in an offense that's going to allow running backs to be efficient. I'm giving him eight of the 13 running back rushing touchdowns. He doesn't get any receiving usage. He had 11 targets last year. I have him projected for 10 targets 
this year. He had 11 last year with Clyde out for half the season. And, you know, nobody has been lost from that offense in terms of the running backs. So I'm giving him 10 targets this year, 8 receptions, 80 yards, 0 touchdowns in the receiving game. Then we've got the 193 carries. That comes out to 984 yards rushing and 8 touchdowns. Just over 1,000 total yards as a running back and 8 touchdowns, 9.6 points per game. He is my running back 34 ranked, but I would take him at the top of his tier. So you got to remember when you're looking at my draft sheets, right? Which if you're not looking at the draft sheets, if you don't have access to them, then you got to join us at the Dynasty Rewind Patreon. It's $10 a month. My draft sheets is one out of 10 amazing things that you get. So you're basically like paying a dollar a month for my draft sheets. I mean, come on now. Come on now. So he's my running back 34 in projections, but he's in a huge tier of running backs, and I would take him at the top of that tier when I'm actually drafting. So he's really, he's my running back 28. But I keep my draft sheets in projections so people don't get confused because you have like the total points right next to the names and the points per game next to the names. So if it was like not ordered from highest to lowest, people might be confused. So I just use my tiers basically is the important part. Clyde, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, they declined his fifth-year option. He is a free agent next year. He is 24 years old. He's a former first-round pick. He was highly regarded as a receiving running back, and he has not been used that way. He has been improperly used in Kansas City, which is crazy to say that Andy Reid might not be using somebody to their full potential. But it's hard to not think that that's the case with Clyde. Every time Clyde is getting the ball thrown to him, he's showing like, hey, yeah, I'm a dynamic receiving threat I'm not a wide receiver I'm not Christian McCaffrey or Joe Mixon or Alvin Kamara but or Saquon but I'm pretty close to being like a Saquon and Mixon obviously Kamara and McCaffrey on another level but I'm pretty close to being there as a receiver and he does really good with the ball in his hands when you give him some space he's a shifty dude he's strong yet we haven't seen it. The first game as a rookie, his first game as a rookie, he had multiple receptions, made a guy miss, like it was looking nice. And then I don't know what happened. It was just gone. Like he got lit up pretty bad on one of his catches. That was a screen in that first first NFL game. And then I don't know if that scared Reed or what. But since then, man, they don't throw the ball that much to Clyde. They throw him a decent amount, but not what they should be. And when we're looking at it, right right now, 24 years old, good buy low. He's a great buy low in Dynasty because he is a free agent next year confirmed. They already declined his option. So he's going to get signed. He's a former first-round pick. He's been good. When he's, you know, like with the ball in his hands, he's been good. He's going to get a contract. He's going to get a contract from a team, and whoever gives him that contract is going to be seeking out his services because... They want to use him the way, because they've got a, the whole pick of the litter in free agency. They're, they're, oh, we can go this way, this guy, this guy, or we could just grab a running back in the draft. If they go seek out Clyde and give a contract to Clyde, they're going to throw the ball to him. So for me, he's a great buy low right now. He is at the very, very, very last round of redraft rounds right now. In Dynasty, you can get him for dirt cheap. You can get him for a third round pick. It's ridiculous. His value is on keep trade cut is like 2000. 2000 that's like Terrace Marshall. 
And I actually like Terrace Marshall a lot. That's that's the reason I know Terrace Marshall's value on keep trade cut. But guys in the Terrace Marshall range, I'm way higher on Terrace Marshall than others. But the guys that are in that range, Darius Slayton, guys like that are equivalent to Clyde? Come on. Come on. Go get Clyde. Go get you some Clyde. I'm giving him 30% of the running back work in terms of carries. That's 97 carries. I'm giving him 4.4 yards per carry. That's his career consistent mark right there. I'm giving him three of the 13 running back rushing touchdowns. And that's going to be 97 carries, 427 rushing yards, and three rushing touchdowns. Now, Clyde and McKinnon last year both combined for 14.5% of the targets in the offense. Now, Clyde got hurt, and McKinnon took it all. He just took over after Clyde got hurt. And McKinnon was slightly better at it, and he was brought back. So because of that, I have Clyde and McKinnon essentially splitting receiving work. There was 12 ru- uh, sorry, there was 12 receiving touchdowns between them last year. I have them combining for nine this year, and again, once again, basically splitting. I'm giving four receiving touchdowns to Clyde, five to McKinnon. Clyde's going to have 8% of the targets in my projection, 75% catch rate, 8.5 yards per reception, four receiving touchdowns, and then combine that with the rushing we just went over. He is at a total of about 700 yards and seven touchdowns, and it's 8.8 points per game. He is in the same tier as Isaiah Pacheco because that PPR, those receptions and PPR make a difference. He's in the same tier as Isaiah Pacheco. But he's at the bottom of it. He is near running back 40 for me. And I would not, unlike Pacheco, I would not be taking him much higher in the tier. He's a good last pick in drafts. I do like his value. He's a very good value. Good last pick. Because if McKinnon gets hurt, and which we've seen that through all of McKinnon's career, if McKinnon gets hurt and Clyde just takes over that role McKinnon had last year when he put up, you know, seven, six to seven receptions a game for... 50 yards and a touchdown every other game like that's that's great and McKinnon was very good he was like a RB2 when Clyde was down so if McKinnon goes down and Clyde gets to do it then that's a great value so both him and McKinnon but McKinnon really just for like super deep leagues you're in a 14 teamer with like an eight person bench then take McKinnon at the end of your draft but as of right now I like Clyde where he's going. And once again, he's a great dynasty by low. Now let's talk about Sky Moore. This wide receiver room is going to be a lot to work through. I mean, we've got Sky Moore, Kadarius Tony, Marquez, Valdez, Scaling, and Rasheed Rice. I can tell you right now, I'm scratching Rasheed Rice from the list. It's hard to say that name quickly. I'm scratching Rice from the list. He's not going to be somebody I'm really putting too much effort into projecting because I have no interest in grabbing him in redraft. He's not going to be the number one or number two wide receiver on this team. And the true number one, we all know, is Travis Kelsey. So really, he's not going to be a top three target for the team, which, I mean, is basically, it's not worth mentioning then at that point. So for me, we got to figure out who the number one and the number two are. And knowing that Rasheed is not going to have a chance for that, I scratched him out. And so we've got Sky Moore. And it's just because he's a rookie. I mean, it's nothing against him. I wasn't high on him as a prospect, honestly. Um, He kind of plays like he's a big wide receiver, but he's not a big wide receiver. So it's going to be an interesting transition to see from him. However, I think Marquez Valdez-Scantling is consistent and reliable for what he does, but he will never be like this all-around wide receiver. So really, 
I think we're basically, it's Kadarius versus Sky Moore as the number one wide receiver, the second target in the offense. And we're going to talk about that. So let's let's break down Sky Moore first. I'm projecting him as the number one in targets for the wide receiver position. And it's mainly due to Kadarius Toney being extremely unreliable. If you could guarantee me, which you can't, but if you could guarantee me that Kadarius Toney played a full season, he'd be my number one for sure. And I'd be drafting him in a lot of places. Juju has the wide receiver one last year had 17.5% of the targets. I expect less with Kadarius healthy for Sky Moore, who's my projected number one. And so I'm going to give him a 16% target share. You've got Marquez still there. Rasheed Rice was added to the mix. There's been a lot of talk about Sky Moore, a lot of talk that he was basically learning the playbook last year. And he was not from a big college. He's not from, you know, wide receiver U in Ohio State. He's not from Alabama. He's, you know, he's not this super high profile college attender in Sky Moore. He it came from a low key college. He had minimal experience at wide receiver. So really, last year was kind of like a red shirt. He was really just a red shirt year last year. And now he gets to apply what he learned, some of the knowledge that he learned. He knows a lot more. He can be more involved. And I think that that's what they're what we're going to see from him. Even Tyree Kill in his rookie year didn't have that much involvement. He was great as a, a punt returner and a kick returner, and he was just ridiculous in showing us the skills that he has and the speed and acceleration, change of direction, all that stuff. But he wasn't really a integral part of the offense in his rookie year. Then he explodes year two. Now, obviously, Sky Moore is no Tyree Kill. Definitely not saying that in any way, shape, or form. They are not even close to being similar. But Sky Moore is a rookie in the same offense who had a lot less experience coming out of college. And, you know, he's finally got something under his belt. I think he's going to prove that he can be the number one for them. Well, the number two for them, obviously. And be the number one wide receiver in, in that offense. Now, I wouldn't take Sky nearly as high as I'm having him ranked if Kadarius could play a full season, but that's part of the thing that's attractive about Sky Morris, Kadarius's unreliability. He's reliably unreliable. He's consistently inconsistent with his health. Talking about Kadarius. So that's why I like Sky Moore, honestly. He had a decent 7.6 yards per target last year as a rookie. I see that basically staying the same, staying the same, but with a lot more volume. So he holds good upside if Kadarius goes down, which come on. And he gets some carries here and there, too. I have him at 105 targets with a 16% target share. It's really a low target share, but that's a pretty nice target number just because the the Chiefs offense throws the ball so much. So I have him at 105 targets, 71 receptions, 846 yards, and six receiving touchdowns. Then I have him at 15 carries for 120 yards and one touchdown in the running game so seven touchdowns total and just under a thousand yards total it's 12.3 points per game he's my wide receiver 36 he's one of my favorite later wide receivers to draft my favorite guys to draft in like that range sky Moore, terrace marshall donovan peoples jones these are like my sleeper wide receiver sky Moore, you're gonna pay up a little bit more for but he's still a value at cost and I like it. Zay Flowers is another one I've been talking about for a long time, way before this hype that's all over Twitter now um, because of the videos of him in, in camp. But yeah, so I have Sky Moore as my number one. Now, Kadarius actually projects out better fantasy-wise, um, and I'm not even projecting him to 
what I would if you told me he was playing a full season. I'm not actually cutting his games. I'm just cutting his target share. Because if I knew he was playing for a full season, I'd give Kadarius Toney 19% of the targets. But I'm only going to give him 14%. And he's already suffered a non-contact knee injury fielding punts in camp. Like, are you serious, brother? Come on, man. I love the dude, but he is made of glass. I cannot in good faith project him as the number one in an offense with his history. And if I projected him as the number one, him getting injured would ruin all of my Kansas City wide receiver rankings at that point. And this is like when you cue the meme. You're ruining it. Why are you ruining it? Like that would be Kadarius. If he got hurt, he would be ruining it for everybody in terms of my projections. Everybody would far outperform. So I don't want that to happen. So that's why I am projecting 14% of the targets instead of 19 for Kadarius Tony. Now, I will say we can have his potential reflect what in like the category of potential in the draft sheets. We can have that reflect what Kadarius can do. And that's why I have that potential there. It's just his risk, which is also in the draft sheets, is immense. So he's going to be the wide receiver three behind MBS and more for me. But he's actually still projected for the most points just because of how ridiculous he is as a player and his efficiency. He had 10.1 yards per target last year for the Chiefs and that is what I saw him as like coming out of college I was like man if he could stay healthy he could be like one of the best wide receivers in the NFL especially efficiency wise and he was that with the Chiefs he just didn't have much targets and didn't stay healthy so he, he was pretty healthy for the Chiefs but that was only like half the season or less I would draft him over MVS I would not draft him over Sky Moore just because of the risk he does stat out as the best guy I have him with 92 targets, 69 receptions, 864 yards, and six touchdowns. That's going to be compared with or combined with 12 carries for 108 yards and two touchdowns. It's 12.7 points per game. He's the wide receiver 32 for me. The risk means I'm not drafting him there. I, I prefer Sky Moore. I really do. Even at the same, not even just at, at cost, but just straight up coin flip, I'll take Sky Moore. And then talking about MVS, I'm keeping his usage relatively similar to last year. He was the number two last year at wide receiver for them behind Juju. He's a big play, deep threat type of guy. 15% of the targets, that's what I'm giving him again. 50% catch rate, 16 yards per reception, 8 yards per target on the money. And that's going to be 99 targets, 49 receptions, 790 yards, 4 touchdowns, 8.9 points per game. I really have no interest in MVS. That is the Kansas City Chiefs. Thank you for tuning in. The takeaway, Sky Moore, good value, somebody I like taking. Mahomes has the hardest fantasy matchup of the big three quarterbacks in the fantasy playoff final, so keep that in mind. Um, I would take Josh Allen and Jalen Hurts ahead of him because of that. And also, Travis Kelsey, if you're feeling iffy in the first round, just take Kelsey. With that said, that's the Kansas City Chiefs, guys. Thank you for listening. Till next time.